0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for what is another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for joining me and continuing to make this a part of your morning routines. Uh, good morning, everybody. Joining us live in the chat box. Uh, let's say who we've got this morning Anthony PJ. Uh, we've got Blackshine Matt G. John. We've got Paul Uh, James, uh, Bran, Percy, we've got NSW, Rich, Temi, uh, Ibukun, Colin, Matt uh, and Troy and plenty more of you joining us in the chat box as well. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Um, (laughs) Yesterday's game was a very interesting one, wasn't it? Uh, We're going to talk about that and plenty more as well before we get into all of that lovely goodness please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show um it was as i say uh, it was a, it was so cold so cold last night at the Kassam Stadium, it really, really was. Um, it's an odd ground oh, for those of you that have watched it. Obviously, you would have seen that it's kind of got three stands with the fourth stand not existing and it being open into a car park and then across to a cinema. It's very, very strange. Um, and uh, I was, I was so sure, um, that uh, we were going to see some like shots wildly go beyond uh and into the car park where i would not have to be fair that that is the stadium like parking there no protection from like a ball just going flying and smacking and breaking someone's screen i was thankfully in the overflow car park uh around the other side but uh It was, yeah, bitterly cold. I know, Dave, I am not wearing a coat there. I I did put a coat on. Um, (laughs) I did put a coat on afterwards. But, yeah, it was very, very cold indeed. Um, We are going to do a dedicated show to the Oxford win, 6pm UK time tonight. So I'll be joined by some guests to talk about the game in a lot more detail. Um, But kind of giving you my uh, immediate and quick thoughts on the game from my perspective, you know, I think it's obviously clear how big of a difference there is between Arsenal starting three in midfield and Arsenal's rotating three in midfield now I think that that's harsh on Fabio Vieira who if we're being honest did not have the best of performances he got two assists and did really well to get those assists but I I'm I'm frustrated for Vieira because I feel as though in the teams in which he plays where there's you know Xhaka behind him or Partey behind him and he's with those better midfielders he produces more. And when Xhaka came on uh, and when um, Zinchenko came on, Vieira grew into the game a lot more. First half, though, from pretty much the entire team was was p- pretty dire. Really, really did not seem like we were, we were going to be up for this playing any of our best football. But the second half, far, far better. Eddie Nketiah, again, you know, two goals. That's seven goals in his uh, last 11 starts now uh, for Arsenal. Really good goal return. Very happy with that indeed. Um, I thought Bikai Saka very quiet, probably the worst. The front three, Gabriel Martinelli as well, not ha- didn't have the best game. Um, Vieira, as I say, got his two assists, but needed, I think we needed Xhaka, we needed Zinchenko to come on. It added that control, especially when, you know, as soon as Zinchenko came on for Tierney and as soon as Xhaka came on for Lakonga, we won that free kick down the left flank because of the progression from those two. Uh, and that obviously led to the opening goal. Uh, Elneny, it's just Elneny. Like He's going to give you a six out of 10 every game. You're not going to get much more uh, from Elneny. He scores the odd uh, wonder goal or the odd header now, clearly. But, uh, yeah, like he does what he does. Sambi Laconga's time at Arsenal is over. And that sounds immediate. It might sound harsh. And I've really tried to be patient, you know, with laconga But these are the games you have to take your chance. You have to take your chance. If you are in a team for a short amount of time and when you get these opportunities, you can't be, you can't go missing. You can't be invisible. And Lukonga, unfortunately, was just completely out of the game. Um, and when Xhaka came on, things improved significantly. It probably also added the um the idea around what we should do in the midfield in this window. I actually asked Arteta after the game um about kind of his view of the midfield. I asked him whether or not he was concerned about the gap between the starting um, midfielders and his rotational midfielders. And he, you know, he he deflected that question, unfortunately. He didn't really want to, to change that all that much. And I can understand why he would want to do that. Uh, and I think that when it comes to an area like midfield, we need to make sure that we are getting enough out of the players that are coming in. And Lukonga wasn't good enough. Elneny isn't going to give you He's not going to give you, of course, what um what Partey gives you. And it was frustrating that he deflected it. He said, I mean, they didn't even they didn't even include the answer um in the in the Arsenal. <laughs> they didn't even include it in the Arsenal websites thing. I was just actually looking to see if I could find it on the Arsenal website. I'm going to have to go on to uh football London where I did indeed include it uh yeah I said is there a big is there too big of a drop-off from the starting midfielders and the rotational options he said there were two different moments in the game and obviously some players have more time on the pitch than others and there are things that obviously we have to improve but this is my job strange they didn't put it on the Arsenal website um but that's what you said in answer to my question you can watch the press conference back of course on the Arsenal way but I also asked him about Man City or whether or not playing Man City ahead of that game is, is kind of frustrating because it might give something away because it's so close to the league game. And he said that it's what it is, what it is, that happens. You have to play different competitions between teams and we'll try to prepare that game to win. And it obviously um that game will be very different to the league match. We know each other really well, every team does, and I don't think that will change much. Um so yeah, I was frustrated that I didn't get the you know a better answer. I know he's not gonna throw his players under the bus, but Maybe an admittance that we do need more in midfield was certainly something um to it to see come from that um and we didn't get that now. We'll go on to transfers, of course, because I know that's key and what we all want to talk about. But first, it's important to point out that Bakao Saka was fine. Arteta said he was fine in his post-match press conference despite being brought off. I was fine with the fact we started our front three. I had no problem with us starting that. We, need, we have no reason to rest them, you know, because you've got six days after Newcastle, six days until the North London derby. Build up some momentum, build up some form going into that derby. They don't need two weeks off. You know, Spurs played a full-strength team against uh, Portsmouth in their 1-0 win. We did the right thing in playing the players that we did up front. Could have done with some more, I think, experience in midfield from starters. Um, But uh, I don't have too many complaints in the end because we won the game. Anyway, uh, going on to transfers, Miguel Aziz is in talks over a potential loan move to Wigan, Colatore's Wigan, that is. Of course, he was uh, recalled from his loan deal in Spain with Ibiza and now has returned and could now go out on loan for a third time in two years, this time to Wigan in the championship. They sit bottom of the table. Colatore's lost his first four games in charge. It's a big, big ask to see Miguel Aziz come in and change things there. But let's see how... Uh, happens if indeed it does happen we'll keep you updated of course with loan updates from the championship uh palmeiras do indeed want to sell danilo uh, for around 20 to 25 million euros now there were reports yesterday that continued to suggest arsenal's interest in the brazilian midfielder has called Uh, i wouldn't expect arsenal really to go in for the player at this stage they have priorities elsewhere and in terms of midfield i think they need to try and sign somebody that gives you more of an immediate impact compared to um you know, players that are going to be for the future. Uh, but Nottingham Forest have already had a bid rejected for around £15 million, €80 million. Palmeiras, though, want 20 to €25 million uh, Euros to get the deal done. But Arsenal, unlikely to move for the Brazilian. Now, our big main two stories of the day to discuss, of course, is that Joao Felix is closing on a move to not Arsenal, not Manchester United, but Chelsea. Uh, as Arsenal have, I've put there, have they? dodged a bullet. I'm not sure. We will have to wait and find out. However, of course, yesterday we did our breakdown of Jal Félix just hours before the news broke regarding the agreement between Atletico Madrid and Chelsea. In that video, and I'll tell you what, I read through the comments because I was just like, after I got home last night and I got home about one o'clock because I didn't really have time because I put the video out I left home about three. We did the video at 11 and the news, I think, came out around four-ish. So I didn't really get to see any of the reaction to the video because I was traveling and then I was at the game and then I was driving home. And uh, the amount of comments that was like, this aged well and not going to watch this now because Chelsea are going to get him. And when I got to the grounds, I'd obviously seen the news by that point. So I changed the title of the video because obviously I, I created the video. So I know exactly what's in it. And what you'll see if you watch it is an explanation from our expert and Spanish football journalist, Alvaro Romeo, who actually talks a lot about why a loan move for Arsenal isn't the right choice. It isn't smart for Arsenal to do a loan move for six months. And so I changed the title of the video to Why Arsenal Shouldn't Have Signed Joao Felix on Loan, because the whole video culminates in the idea that actually signing him on loan is not the right idea. Now, to give you some insight around this supposed move to Chelsea... Gerard Felix will sign an extension of his contract with Atletico Madrid to 2027 before he then moves to Chelsea on a deal that is set to be around 11 million euros of a loan fee, so around 9 million pounds-ish, plus Chelsea then shouldering all of the players' wages. Okay, Now, this is said to be below what Atleti were originally asking for. They're still looking at around, I think, 16 million euros. So they got about 5 or so million euros off of the Gerard Felix deal. Now, I would, if you've not watched it, go back and watch the breakdown, go back and listen to Alvaro's thoughts, and he explains why a low move for Joao Felix is probably not the best idea, especially in the format that what Chelsea have supposedly agreed to that deal. In short, to give you a little bit of a breakdown as to why I'm not now, you know, my view on Felix before the the breakdown was, I think, you know, it's a bit of a a win-win situation, isn't it, with Giraffe Felix on loan? You know, you're signing him, you're not know having to commit anything in the long term to this player. He adds something in our forward line that's going to improve us in the attack. That was kind of where my head was at before I did that breakdown. And then after the breakdown, my view on Giraffe Felix had changed because it became very clear, very apparent. And thanks to Alvaro for the explanation of someone who's watched him a plenty more than I have, knows plenty more about Atletico's system and stuff that I do and what he's been playing in. It's that simply in six months, Ralph Felix is not going to give you the impact that we're looking for. He has to adapt to the league. He has to adapt to a new system. He has to adapt to playing in a position he's probably not played in much, if at all. Uh, you're paying him a hell of a lot of money. And he doesn't start for us right now. So he doesn't even have the opportunity to adapt to Arsenal at this moment in time. And the explanation that was coming for Alvaro was really eye-opening. And so, as I say, if you've not yet watched the breakdown, and you're thinking, well, I'm not going to watch it because he's not signing for us, I'd encourage you to go back and watch it, because it might just make you, A, feel better about the fact we're not getting him, and B, maybe make you feel even better that it's Chelsea that are getting him instead. So I really would encourage you to go and watch that video. It's not just me being going, go and watch my video, please. I need you to go watch it. It's not just because of that, but also it's mainly because I really want you to have the ability to have the expert insight to know what the right position to have on the player and a six-month loan deal with no option or no obligation involved in it. So there you go. Uh, Now, uh, the headline story of the day and the other big news that broke last night is that according to a number of outlets, uh, including Sport Arena in Ukraine, which are one of the outlets that have been reporting very closely to this story throughout, uh, and as well uh, as we've also got from Futmikato um, as uh, Santi Auna, uh, the uh, French journalist also uh, reporting on this story that Arsenal apparently are close to agreeing on the full amount of money that will be paid to Shakhtar Donetsk for Mikhailo or Mihailo Mudrik. However, con- uh, con- the structure of that deal is still being discussed. So while Shakhtar and Arsenal are much closer to the um, kind of the overall valuation of the player the structure of how that will then go about and how much is going to be in bonuses, how much is going to be guaranteed, the structure of those guarantees, that is all still being talked about. And this, I think, gives you a great insight and probably an answer to some of the questions of how come Liverpool have been able to get Gakpo so easily and so quickly? How come Chelsea have just swooped in for Joao Felix and got this deal done? Why are Arsenal being so slow with Mudric? Well, this is exactly the reason as to why. It's because a massive contract, a massive deal as this is, Working out the structure, negotiating the right structure of the price, uh, negotiating the right structure of the the bonuses and agreeing on that with a team like Shatar is proving very difficult. It's not Arsenal penny pinching. It's Arsenal trying to get a deal done for a reasonable structure and figures. It might be that the overall figure surprises us. It might be now that that overall figure takes um, Mudrik potentially past Nicolas Pepe in terms of what he costs. It could do. Arsenal will be hoping to make sure the guaranteed payments are are lower than that of Nicolas Pepe's transfer, but that the bonuses are, you know, both fair and also if they get to the highest kind of level, it's because he achieves the highest kind of achievements with the club. But this is the most positive news we've got. Of course, Chelsea were the other main team involved in this race, them getting Jarao Felix and also being interested in Noni Madueke uh, from PSV means that they are probably out of this now and I imagine that Arsenal have got a little bit closer to agreeing this not just because of course Chelsea have moved elsewhere but I think the reason why Chelsea have probably pivoted towards Ralph Felix is because they've been basically given the message from Mudrik's camp that he doesn't want to go there he doesn't want to go to Chelsea he wants to go to Arsenal and because of that Chelsea have completely backed out of this one it seems now and are moving for other targets hopefully we can get some great news on this deal in the coming days Hopefully, Arsenal can close that agreement and get the full amount agreed. And hopefully, as well, we can work out a structure that benefits us to the best of our abilities. That's what we hope. Whether or not that happens is another thing. OK, let's move to your questions and more in part two right after this. Okay, (laughs) let's go to part two. Um, Yes, you're going to have to pull up with me coming up with more inventive ways to create this transition as well. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Anyway, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be in the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to see you joining us in our live chat box. As always, we're going to tackle as many of your questions as we can. Uh, Penny Ween, says uh, now that felix has gone to chelsea should we instead move for uh squirtle from the joke oh this is obviously a a callback for those that don't know why are we talking about squirtle in the chat box well one of our listeners decided to have a bulbasaur picture as that and we got very fixated on on the other day but yes absolutely we should be looking to sign squirtle for our midfields clearly pd ween obviously Goodness me, those that have no idea what Pokemon is is going to be listening to this on audio or playback and thinking, what on earth have I tuned into? Uh, Tom says, the Felix breakdown was interesting. However, we still must bring someone else aside, Mudrick, as our squad is too small slash frail to maintain a title challenge. Who is then the question? It's a good question, and it's a worthy question because I agree with it. I think Mudrick isn't enough. I think we do need to add someone. I think if we add someone, they have to be someone who can play in that nine role. Joao Felix. I don't think was that guy. And I think we've heard from Alvaro, of course, in our breakdown that uh, Xhara Felix is not that number nine that was going to be playing in place of Jesus, playing in place of Eddie Nketiah. And we need to find someone who is more of that central figure if we're going to bring someone in. Now, the obvious candidate who could be available on the cheap is Memphis Depay. I know he's not going to excite you. I know he's not going to uh, be like, oh, people are going, what? really Memphis Depay? But actually, the fact of the matter is, is that Better than, you know, not bringing anyone in. He would provide the depth that we need for six months. And I would offer it on a six-month deal and no more. I don't want to see an 18-month or a, uh, a longer contract. But if it's on a six-month deal for Memphis pie, get his stock a bit higher so we can move somewhere in the summer, I think it's a good move for Arsenal to do, potentially. I was a backup option, depth option. Elsewhere, you know, our Chelsea said to be looking at Marcus Turam. Is he the right player to go for? Maybe on a free... I have my reservations about whether or not on the long term he's the right choice for us, or whether he's the right stylistically, the right choice for us. But the fact of the matter is there just is not about, there is just not the options. There is just not the options really out there right now. And we need to have a look and maybe we'll actually produce a show on some of the fours that we could go to. I watched Tifo Football's Sensible Transfers video. They suggested um, Roberto Firmino as an option. And I I could not see that one happening. I don't know how the to be honest, they came to that conclusion that that would be the best option. Why Liverpool would would let him go to us, I have no idea. I and mean, age profile wise, he's just not the right the right one for us anyway. Um, Dan says, Tom, do you think we'll move to another attacker if we complete Mudrick? I hope so. I hope so. I'm hopeful and optimistic that we would because we were interested in Felix. We were interested in bringing in another forward. So there is enough time in the window to move for somebody else as well. Uh, Derek says, Tom, do you think that we are identifying another potential striker? Uh, and will Madrid be available for the North London Derby or when does he need to be confirmed? I think it needs to be confirmed the day before the first fixture of that game week. I don't know if that's Friday. Let's have a quick check on the Premier League fixtures. Uh, so the Premier League fixtures the next game is indeed on Friday so I think we would have to have him registered by Thursday if we want to play him I don't see that happening I think Manchester United uh, is more likely the following week and by the way very interestingly I should have mentioned this before we play uh, Manchester United on the Sunday 22nd Crystal Palace will host Man United. That rearranged fixture has now been put before that game. So Man United will play on the 18th. They'll have the 19th and the 20th, I imagine, to recover. They'll train on the 21st, and then they'll come back and play Arsenal on the 22nd. So they have a bit of a they have a midweek fixture now between their game against us. It's away from home, of course, again in London. So they have to go to London, come back, go back to London to play us. So. That's a good bit of news for Arsenal. And I think apparently, didn't the Premier League like apologise to to Man United for that? I'd love an apology from the Premier League, to be honest, about certain things in this league. Um, Sam says, Tom, how tired are you? And will you be passing out in the bed after this? No, I'm going to go to work (laughs) after this. I've got a full shift to do today as well after this. You can probably tell I look pretty darn tired. You know, as I say, I came back at about got in about just after 1 in the 1 in the morning i thought it was going to be closer to 2 i managed to get back uh, i managed to leave at around 11 everything submitted and sorted in time. Um, And I was back around one. But yeah, I was up this morning about half six, seven, making the show for you this morning. So if you could drop a like, I'd really appreciate that. So thank you so much for the kind uh, words in the chat box. Really appreciate them. Uh, King Lucci says, what are your thoughts on Onana? Uh, We were linked with him in the summer and I was fuming that we didn't sign him. I think he's got similar traits to Partey and would be a perfect competitive option. Well, He's gone to Everton, so I don't see them selling him. They signed him for a good, a really high, to be honest, amount of money around 30 plus million pounds, I think it was. So he was a good player, you know, he was playing really well, um, before that move and uh, at Lille, I think it was. And um, Everton have got a player that probably is playing in a really poor team that maybe in a better side would be coming good, but that Everton team is dreadful, very, very, very poor. Um, JDB says, Tom, I'm glad we're not after these short-term disasters like Veghorst and Felix for the fee, not his ability. Uh, Eight out of 10 times, it doesn't work. Give me Mudrick and Danilo and Tillemans for reasonable fees. And now that interest in Tillemans has certainly dipped in that amount of time. Effie says, Tom, would you take Vlaovic in the summer? I don't think so. I think I'd move for a different style of forward. I think we need the style of forward that we've got in Jesus. I think we need to move for that vlaovic yes could do things on his own can score goals i'm just not sure that's the right profile of striker that we should be looking for And i don't really like the guy to be honest after everything that happened in the january of last year not that keen on the situation uh a lot of suggestions going on in the chat box gavin says Maratta for six months uh football focus is tammy abraham um Vincent Abubakar, says Jonathan, although that has a a crying laughing face next to it. uh, Ferran Torres, of course, is not a bad shout. And maybe we'll see Arsenal going for Ferran Torres. Um, He's someone that Arteta, I know, likes a lot from his time at Manchester City. And he has always been on the radar. And Nabil says that we should recall Balogun now. Is that the right thing to do? If Arsenal can't find a striker during this window, should we recall Balogun or should we continue to let him develop whilst he plays week in, week out, in France with horns, so maybe that's the right way to go about things. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Dave says that we do maybe need a Firmino type, and that's that's where I do agree. And stylistically, Firmino is is very close to what we need, but he's not the player. Uh, but certainly the style—that's the player, the style of player that we should really be looking at. Uh, Effie says, Tom, do you rate Mukoko, the Borussia Dortmund and German international? Yes, very exciting young player. Uh, I think Germany's youngest ever international. Yes, I do rate him. And he's free, apparently, in the summer. Still struggling to agree a brand new contract. Is that the right person to go for? Not sure. Is it going to block, not block the pathway, but is it going to conflict with someone like Balogun? Is that the right profile of forward as well that we should be looking to bring in? tricky we'll have to wait and see if he's a player that gets on arsenal's radar anytime soon um michael says we should get valveghorst just to annoy manchester united <laughs> you know as a plan b option just coming off the bench and it wouldn't be a it would be terrible <laughs> but i don't think he's the right guy again uh only would be a plan b it wouldn't be a rotational option or someone who could be a backup for us as well um There's a lot of you saying that we should recall Balogun, recall Balogun, recall Balogun. There's a lot of you in the chat book saying that we should do that. I'm actually curious to kind of get a poll going maybe as well in the chat. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's add a poll. Would, um, start a poll. Would, if Arsenal can't sign a striker. Let's retype that. I can't type this one. Sign a striker this window. Brackets. But we do get Madrid. Uh would you sign? Also rather, would you recall? Would you recall balagan There you go. There's a poll in the chats. I nearly spelt window wrong. <laughs> uh, there you go. Get voting on that poll. We'll revisit that at the end of the show and see what you guys are saying. Um let's go to uh okay. Benga says, Why have we suddenly abandoned the signing of a defensive midfielder. I will be gutted if we miss out on Danilo, like we did with a Uh Gimaraish is not a defensive midfielder, first of all, but uh, I understand that I you would be annoyed. Danilo is, to be honest, not necessarily either a six either. So uh, Danilo is just not going to give you what we need in these six months. We need someone who's going to bring in competition, more quality than we've already got. Danilo doesn't start for us. He doesn't even start for us, I think, over El Neni at the moment. So That's kind of the issue that we've got in January is we need to bring in someone that's going to start for us if Partey's not there. And I don't think Danilo does right now. Could he in the future. Absolutely. But we need someone right now to bring us an option. Um, Sam Lowe, thank you for the donation. Buy yourself a coffee and push through. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. I think I might have missed a super chat from really early on in the show as well, which I'm going to feel awful about if I can't find it. Here it is. uh, 403 MC2. Uh, thank you for your kind donation earlier on in the show. Le Conga needs a loan spell in France. He's not going to improve with the minutes he gets. Mudrick and, an, and a centre forward and a Fitz Jesus equals three uh, back people coming back. Also, Smith Rose, a false nine potentially. Uh, on Le Conga, I agree with you. I would send him on loan next season. I wouldn't sell him in the summer because I don't think he'd have the value in the summer send him on loan, get him playing regularly. But yes, we need to make sure that we strengthen in those areas that you have suggested. Indeed, thank you again for the donation. Um, unpopular opinion, says Matt G, says, but I would recall Balogun. I know the argument is it may disrupt his development, development rather, but honestly, I don't care. We are pushing for a title. Um, I have a look, quick look at the poll. Let's see how many have voted. 266 of you have already voted on this. 61% of you say no. 39 say yes that is I, I, to be honest matt when you said it was unpopular opinion i didn't think it would be but apparently it still very much is uh tom says Martin Terrier from ren uh would be a great option but he's done his acl so that ship has sailed wouldn't mind bringing back balligan for safety if we don't find anyone at least it will be interesting to see if the club consider you know recalling balligan uh i, I just can't see them doing it but maybe they will with how Kind of inform he's been, and how short we are for options right now. I mean, we're, we're using Nathan um, Butler uh on the bench, I and mean, he's been on the bench for a number of games because Kian Edwards is injured right now. Those, those are kind of, if you like, third natural striking option who plays in the youth team. He's injured at the moment, so uh, Butler Ededi is uh, the the only option that we've really got. Um, You've got Charles Sago Jr., of course, but he didn't even get on the pitch when we went to Dubai. He was on the bench, but did not get in the team, uh, in in off the bench at all, whether or not tech doesn't trust him yet or wants to use him enough yet. I don't know, but he didn't get a chance whatsoever. Jean says, I voted no on Balogun because I think it's the best thing for his development and the best for our long-term planning. What if what if a Balogun goal in the last game of the season wins you the title? <laughs> I know it's completely hypothetical and stupid, but imagine, imagine if that's what it was. Sean says, Lacon got a great preseason. Where did it go wrong? Lack of minutes, lack of confidence. I think he's really down. You know, remember the all or nothing episode where he does that thing where he talks about saying, I'm not playing, I'm getting annoyed, and uh, and, and Ketia kind of puts him in his place about it, really. I think he works off confidence. I think he's worked off playing regularly for Anderlecht. It's just not happened because he's not played enough. He needs to go on loan. If we signed a midfielder or two in this window, I'd be open to sending him on loan now because I don't know what he's offering us. And I, at the start of the window, I was really against the idea of sending La on loan now because I thought we needed the depth, but I don't know what he's offering us. I'd recall Patino. You know, I genuinely consider recalling Charlie Patino at this stage. He's, He's done brilliantly in Blackpool, but we need that midfield. And if we can't sign a midfielder during this window, I'd recall Patino. and in every game we play, I'd sub him on in the last 20 minutes of games, gradually build up those minutes for him, get him involved, get him playing regularly in the senior side, because i tell you what, this kid's got it. This kid is special. You watch him playing. If you've had the chance to watch him play this season, it's a pleasure to be able to do so. It's not, it's not a chaotic shout. It is really not a chaotic shout to think about recalling him because I think he would offer us more than what Lekonga offers us at the moment. Um, Esmond says, I do not know why people hate on Lekonga. The guy needs minutes. Uh, do not re- do we not remember how many times our first-team players did horrible mistakes? Fans need to let it go. He's underrated. He needs the minutes. Esmond. <laughs> mm, I... I... I'm struggling not to bring up the fact that you wanted us to get rid of Saka um, in this because how one could want and be open to letting Saka go and then saying we should keep Lukonga? I can't get my head around the thought process. It's actually hurting my brain a little bit. Um, when Lukonga has played, he had one good game this season, which was against Aston Villa. Against Manchester United, he did okay, but he made mistakes, which cost us goals. And in every performance... Since then, none have stuck in my mind as being good and he's not stuck in my mind as doing anything significant. He's got chances in the Europa League. He's got a chance now in the FA Cup and he has been invisible. He's been invisible. So I just, I can't get my head around why Lekonga would be kept. I get the idea of like, he needs minutes. He needs to play regularly. I get that. But when you come into the team, you have to take your chances. You have to take your chances. And I, and because of that, unfortunately, it's it's just not going to work at the moment if he's going to play like he did yesterday, which was next to invisible, just was not was not present in the game. His presence was just not there. So that's that is a real frustration for me regarding the conga, is he He needs to he needs to give something in these in these games. He has to give something. Um, let's go to, um, Manu says, I'm disgusted with these comments about laconga Uh, <laughs> absolutely disappointing. Um, Manu, I think, was it Manu, did you tweet me saying, is it make or break for laconga Um, was it, was it you that said it was make or break for laconga against Oxford? I think it might be, you know, I think it might have been make or break potentially for this season. Look, if he comes in and plays, I want him to succeed. I want him to I want him to. I want him to do well because it means if he does well, means Arsenal do well. But at the moment, it's really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel for for Lukonga right now. Really, really hard to see that. Really difficult. Um, Tarb says he needs minutes elsewhere. Unfortunately for us, I rate him, but his head doesn't seem to have it right now, and that's the key thing: is that if he doesn't get minutes, it's going to be a problem. It's going to it's going to be a big problem for us. Um, I'm curious as to, yeah, I'm curious as to what he did in yesterday's game. I'm going to have a look, quick look on Wire Scout. They might not have the stats up yet from yesterday's game, um, but I'm going to have a quick look. Whilst that's loading, let me read out some more comments. Uh, Timmy says Tom uh, Depay is hardly a sensible transfer. Arteta would yell at him for not pressing and not doing the non-negotiables. Ferran Torres is a good shout for me. Obviously, if it's between the two, I'd much prefer uh, Ferran Torres too uh Memphis Depay I like Ferran Torres I think his versatility is good I think he can play in the middle We can play in the wide areas his versatility is much better and much more specific for Arsenal uh than what um than what it necessarily was for uh for for Depay I think it's oh, sorry for Geral Felix because so Felix for instance didn't fit the holes that we had available to us uh, and that's that's not good enough uh unfortunately um I'm trying to find the statistics for Lukonga and Scout to see if it's going to be working or be good enough. Um, So, yes, we do have them. Uh, He played 28 passes in the game, uh, making 25, 89% pass accuracy. Uh, Seven of those passes of the 28 were forwards, of which he completed five of them. Four were into the uh, final third Eight of them were backwards uh, as well. So he played more backward passes than forward passes during the game. Uh, Just the one more, but still you want to see that. for, For a number eight in the position that he is, you need to see him doing more. Let me have a quick look at granite jacker's statistics from yesterday when he came off the bench so i'm curious about that again whilst this loads i'll continue to take some of your questions it takes some time this because my internet whilst i'm trying to stream does suffer significantly whilst i'm trying to search stuff up at the same time it's like a revolving circle continuously let's take another question whilst i find that um let's go to uh Manu says, i appreciate that you're trying to keep constructive but these no talent and mentality weak type of comments disgust me. Yeah, that's probably harsh. You know, t- Le Congre has talent. If you if you watched him at, at Andelect, you could clearly see the talent this kid possessed. The thing is, he's young and he's a confidence player. He's a confidence player. And if he's not being given the minutes, he's not being given the time, he's not being given the opportunity, he's not going to get that confidence back up. But at the same time, when he is given the minutes, however few, he has to take those chances. So alone is the right option for Lokonga. I wouldn't sell him in the summer. I'd send him on loan, see how it gets on. Because, you know, for a lot of people, they would have, you know, look at Nuno Tavares. I think a lot of people would have sold Nuno Tavares in the summer. And actually, if we'd have sold him in the summer, we probably would have got a bit more than what we paid for him, maybe 12 to £15 million pounds if we're lucky. If we sell Lacon, if we sell Tavares now next summer, you're looking at 20 to 25. I think is probably a fairer estimation of Nuno Tavares now if you were going to sell into an Atalanta or somewhere like that. So it's important you give players chances to play regularly elsewhere before um before you, you make any kind of rash decisions on um on what you want to do. So um let's uh, let's have a quick look. It's not coming up. That's really annoying. Um it's not coming up for some for some reason. I don't know why. That's really frustrating. But uh, what I think you can tell when Xhaka came on was that he was just so much more... We we just produced so much more when he came off the bench. I think he had something like 100% passing accuracy. I saw someone tweet uh, yesterday. Uh, oh, he missed out one pass. So he played 15 passes in the game and missed just one of them um, throughout the entire game. So, And that's what you want. That's what you need to see from that. It's, yeah, Dave, the right word is presence. You could feel Xhaka's presence as soon as he was on the field, and the difference between the two was just completely night and day. Um, Prince Tutu says, Tom, don't you think by now people should recognise the type of player Arteta likes and would fit in this system? The players many of us are mentioning don't even move the needle in Arteta's system. It's a good point, you know, and I think that in January, the problem is Prince Tutu that we have is that um, we get a bit desperate. We get a bit desperate um, regarding players. We get a bit desperate for options and it gets the final week or two of the window and you're sitting there and going, we need to sign someone. Just sign someone. Now, it's always important to make sure that you bring in the right players because sometimes bringing in the wrong players can have an even more detrimental impact on your squad. However, I think sometimes you have to make some compromises, especially during the winter window in particular. And that's why I don't think Memphis Depay is a utter no. And I get what people say about pressure. And I get what people say about the energy and the running. Now, I don't think Arteta would necessarily fully commit, of course, without speaking with the player. And he would have his demands and he would have his um, questions for the player before he ever goes to sign them. But um, yeah, I think it's important to remember that we have to put some faith in the people that are making the decisions and the people that are looking to sign the players because it is them that have got us where we are. It is them that have constructed this squad. It is them that have given us that hope and belief to put us back where we are. So, whilst There's still complaints that we're not being aggressive enough, not being quick enough in the window. And I get that, but I understand that the deal we're trying to do with Mudrick in particular, very, very complex and complicated and tricky because of how Shakhtar are being. But we need to make sure that we, I think, have that faith that they're going to do this. You've heard Arteta say it in in the summer. He wants more firepower. You heard Arteta say it. This window, we have a small squad. We cannot afford to waste any transfer windows. I think we can all agree that we did waste last January. There may not have been the clear options then, but we cannot afford to waste this window. Arteta doesn't want to waste it. Edu doesn't want to waste it. We want to strengthen. We want to take this opportunity. And if we're able to do that during this window, who knows what we're capable of this season. But 10 days into the window, a third of the way through the window. We're hopefully getting closer to bringing in a really special player. Fingers crossed. I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to start throwing in comments into comment sections of YouTube videos going, this isn't good enough. Edu needs to be sacked. And yes, there are genuinely people out there that still think Edu should be sacked because we've not signed anyone by the 10th of January, despite the fact that we're trying to do one of the most complicated deals, arguably the continent scene uh, with this mudric move right now. I, I you know, you know, Now Bill in here says, is Edu sleeping on the job? Which I'm assuming is satirical. But uh, there are people out there that still think Edu should be sacked by this point because we've not signed anyone. Screw the head on a little bit tighter. Get real about the situation and understand what we're trying to do and understand that the work done by Edu and done by Arteta has got us five points clear at the top come this time this year. And, and that is that is the important thing to focus on. It's because of the recruitment and the players we've brought in, the players we've moved on. The decisions that have been made in the transfer windows leading up to this point under these people has got us here. So let's have a bit more faith. So a bit more teeny-weeny bit of patience, and let's keep those fingers crossed that we can do something special during this window. I will continue to bring the updates, of course, as always. uh, As I said earlier on the show tonight, we will be doing a dedicated show looking straight into the game last night in a lot more detail. Uh, I'll be joined by some guests to break down that game against Oxford. We'll talk, of course, more about transfers. We'll talk more about Joao Felix's move to Chelsea. We'll talk more about Mudrick and the situation. Of course, any extra news that comes out during the day, we will be discussing. Other than that, I will see you once again tomorrow morning at 8am to round up all of the latest Arsenal news please drop a like on the video. It has taken me incredible amounts of willpower to get my head off the pillow today after getting home so late after the game yesterday to put this all together. So please drop a like. Please, if you're not subscribed to the channel, subscribe. There's over 1,700 of you watching, which we're closing in on a channel record. If we ever got to 2,000 live viewers in a show, that would be incredible. So thank you for making this a part of your morning routines. Thank you for always tuning in and joining us. And thank you for listening. Uh, and thank you for your comments as well. As I said earlier... If you're really a bit down about the Joao Felix deal not happening, go watch our tactical breakdown yesterday. I think it'll make you feel better about the fact that we didn't get him. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you again a little bit later on today. And of course, as always, up the Arsenal.